I, I know, I got water, so it's going to be toned down. <laughs> I don't like you guys being so far away. I feel like I can't spit on you or something. Okay, give me just one, a minute here. Okay. So Psalm 119 and verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. And so in your Psalm 119 handout, does anybody need a Psalm 119 handout? Okay. So on page 5, we are at the bottom of page 5, so that's on number 4, which is delight and deliverance. Uh, that's Psalm 119, verse 92. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. And so we've been through letter A, B, and C. Is uh, I should have then have, I should then have perished in mine affliction. The psalmist is directly relating his deliverance to the love of God's word, a continual theme of Psalm 119. And uh, I've added the word trusting there, but trusting, loving, and adhering to uh, to uh, the Lord and the word of God will literally see you through anything and everything. And uh, letter I, uh, underneath that, is others may dismiss it, but our testimony should always be, and I, I don't like it when I do this, but <laughs> when you continue the thought on the next page. So that's the next page, Psalm uh, uh, 121. And go ahead and turn there with me. We're going to read the whole thing. Psalm 121, verse 1. And uh, so the thought again was, uh, our testimony should be, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord, which made, that made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I think that... It, if you look at this verse, you know, uh, maybe just a little simply, you might come to the conclusion, well, that means that nothing bad will ever happen. Well, that's, <laughs> that is not what this passage is teaching. It's teaching that whatever happens to us, God's hand of preservation is upon us. And even that doesn't mean that we can't be hurt as in experiencing pain or experiencing emotional pain or trauma of some sort. Very clearly, this is promised us that we're going to have difficulties and, and pain and, and trouble and sorrow. Uh, however, no matter what may come our way, and this is, I think, what we need to get from this overall, is God's hand of preservation will be upon us so that nothing can happen to us outside of his will for his glory and for our edification. And so, you know, and, and you look at, at many people in the Bible, but the Lord Jesus would be the be very best example that everything that was done to him turned out for God's glory, even to the crucifixion. 
and the Lord Jesus laying down his life so that we could be saved, all of that worked together for God's glory and for, to accomplish his plan, including our salvation. And so Romans 8.28, I think it is, it says, all things work together for the good. Again, if you looked at that verse simplistically, I think that a lot of people would come to the conclusion that it means everything that will happen to us will be good. And there are preachers in America that are pretty much preaching that very thing. That everything, and once you're saved, everything is easy going from then forth, and nothing could possibly be further from the truth. Brother Patrick? Right, right, absolutely. And, and so when we, look at the, when we look at passages like this one, so he says, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And I think clearly the psalmist is, 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 is relating to the, the reader that, um, that everything that God is doing is going to work out for his glory and will be also for our, our edification and, you know, like I said, there's so many people in the Bible that their lives were not easy lives. And, you know, of course, I, a pastor, all of us uh, often relate to Job. And Job having been, a, and we talked about this last week, about, what, about the possibility of being a, a direct mark for Satan himself to come against you. And yet God caused all of that to work together for the good. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't something that Job would have sought after. You could see Job in chapter 2 and chapter 3 and, <laughs> and then on and on and on. And some of the things that Job said clearly related how difficult and how, how excruciating was the trial he was going through. And yet, it turned out for God's glory. And how many of us, I can't tell you how many people, how many children of God, people who trusted in God, have profited from what God sent Job through. And the fact is, is many of us in, in the middle of tribulation can identify with some of the things that both Job and David and many others have, have been through, knowing that I, I'm, not, I'm not the first person or the last who has gone through this, and going through this with God, I can come through this not only safe and sound, but God can use it for something that will bring glory to Him. And that's the most important thing. And of course, in our lives... I, when, when I'm in a trial, even today, when I'm in a trial, the best thing that I think can happen is me getting out of the trial. <laughs> can, I, can I get a name in there? <laughs> when something bad and even, even you know, I've got, honey, can you turn the pulpit mic down? I think it's uh, reverberating or something. Uh, it's the far left. Okay. Very good. <laughs> All right, so um, uh, the, the psalmist here, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And that I always think about was he says, I will lift up mine eyes to the hill. That's the expectation. God is sending help. He's sending deliverance. And again, you know, we can't see the end of these things. What if, what if our deliverance was like Stephen's deliverance? Did, did God fail to come through for Stephen? What do you guys think? Did God fail Stephen? Of course not. <laughs> God's deliverance for Stephen was taking him home. And also, if you could ask Stephen today, hey Stephen, do you wish you hadn't stood for God that day in front of those Pharisees and, and high priests and chief priests? Do you wish you hadn't stood up for God? 
Do you wish you hadn't been the vessel for God to, to, to speak through? I, I am certain, I know, I am 100% convinced Stephen would thank God that his life was brought to that place and he, he died glorifying God. Folks, I, I know for a fact Stephen does not regret that day. Matter of fact, I think all of us could hope that our lives will end standing firm for God. And whatever form that takes in our lives, and, and I, don't know, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but if God hold us to be true to Him, then we'll stand for God. That's the bottom line. God helping us, we will stand for God. And so, uh, and, and that's, you look at this in verse uh, 7 and 8 of uh, Psalm 121. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I read a very lovely devotion today, <laughs> Spurgeon, uh, morning and evening. And uh, so I read the morning one about how uh, the things that are shaken are removed so the things that cannot be shaken remain. It's from Hebrews. Uh, or that, that reference is from Hebrews. And uh, so the, the truth is, is God allows the things that can be shaken in our lives. He allows those things to be shaken. But there are so many things that we have as Christians, as children of the living God, that cannot be moved. They can't be taken from us. They can't be, you know, uh, whittled away at. You know, our salvation alone, if that was the only thing that would be enough to rejoice in every day for all of eternity, but that ain't it. The fact is, is our relationship with God cannot be taken from us. The fact that I am a child of the living God cannot be taken from me. God's continual presence in my life cannot be taken from me. God's willingness to communicate to me and help me and speak to me and speak through me, that will not change. All these things, that they relate to the how unchangeable God is. Circumstances can change and will change left and right, but God does not change. His promises do not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means we can continually come to Him with His promises in our hearts and in our minds. Lord, thank You for Your grace for today. Lord, I need forgiveness for this sin. Lord, I need, I need your help and comfort. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is our comforter. These things will never change. God will always be all of this to us and more. And so the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. The very best thing for a Christian is to walk closely with God. It's how we find God's communication to us and God's plan for our lives. The very best thing that any of us can do is to walk closely with God today and tomorrow. And Lord, helping us the day after. God has left us here for a reason. Every one of us, every, one, every person in this room has been, that's been saved, you've been saved and left here for a purpose. And if you're anything like me, you have to struggle and fight to keep that in mind. My purpose is not for my own fulfillment or the entertainment of my mind or my flesh. 
My purpose in being here is to glorify God. Is to point others to the salvation and peace and comfort and blessings that are only found in Jesus Christ. There are so many, many multitudes and multitudes of ways in which people think they will find fulfillment. Even outside of the discussion of salvation, And therefore, you will find Christians also looking for fulfillment in other ways besides their relationship with God. And yet, it couldn't possibly be clear. Let me tell you, it couldn't be clear by the Word of God. It couldn't be clear by my own experience in life. The very best best life to be had is to be found closely walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we're not walking closely with Him, we're going to find trouble. Inevitably. <laughs> and so, um, moving on from, uh, from, from this number two, you see in your notes, believing, and again I've added trusting, <laughs> and waiting on the Lord is where our hope always lies. And you know, folks, we are guilty. We are guilty sometimes of running to this way in which we hope to get help, and this way in which we hope to get help. And listen, we just... We fail to often run directly to God with every problem that comes our way. And really, it doesn't, we don't even need to wait for a problem. We need to walk in close communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the answer for every day. <laughs> and, and yet, so many of us, again, restricting our discussion just to people who are born again, many of us have to have something drive us to the Lord. I'm not, I'm not pointing my finger at you guys. <laughs> I'm saying it's in me to be that foolish. I am someone who knows, again, by experience, the Lord is where my blessings are. The Lord is where my peace is. And yet I can have something pull my attention this way, something pull my attention this way, something pull me back. And yet, you know, the blessings that are for me and for you are Sticking closely to the Lord Jesus. Brother Patrick, you're going to say something. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is, is, and and the Lord Jesus said, you know, when you're brought before the magistrates, uh, don't don't pre-plan what you'll say. Because what will be given to you will be given to you in that same hour. Again, just like Stephen. You know, he, if you read that, uh, that discourse that Stephen gave, it's very long. I think it's in chapter 9 of Acts. And it's a long, fairly detailed history of Israel. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that point to who Israel are as a people and how they have this consistent problem Again, going right back to what we were just talking about, of staying with God. It's clinging closely to God. It's the problem of humanity. And, you know, I, I, I'm on my way to work this morning, and I see, I know we all see it, you, you see some stupid little caricature fish on the back of a car that's got some, some abomination in it instead of Jesus. You know, that's, that they're, 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 it's a parody of, of uh, the fish that has the Lord. It makes me angry every time I see it. <laughs> you know, 
but really they need prayer. You see that, and it means pray for me. <laughs> pray for me, I am really, really way far from base. And yet, no one can get too far from God that, that God can't get a hold of him. And often people get so far from God, uh, and, and truth be told, they're just, they're just being human. They're just falling out the way humans often do. But they can be, they can, their testimony can be a testimony for God's glory. And our place is not to disbelieve, hey, man, that person's far gone. They'll never get saved. <laughs> and that's just not true. You know, God, God is in the saving business. And so our place is, again, number two, believing, trusting, and waiting on the Lord is where our hope always lies. And you see the letter A there, there in your notes, Romans 15, 13. I, I'm very fond of this verse. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I, I just thank God for that. You know, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. <laughs> the blessings of joy and peace, they come through believing. <laughs> so we're, we're, you know, this isn't just talking about at salvation. This is talking about daily. Disbelieving the things that the world tells you, you must follow this way. And folks, it just ain't so. <laughs> joy and peace and the fullness of joy and, the, and abounding in hope, that comes through believing. Believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Walking in His ways. And, and God bringing out His glory in our lives. That's where our peace and our blessings come. So I have a number three here. Uh, it's not in your notes, but it's in mine. Our hope is not unfounded. He is able to keep us from falling. If you want to turn with me to Jude, chapter 1 and starting in verse 20. Jude chapter 1 and verse 20. Give you guys a second. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. And I, I think this is a wonderful capstone to what, what we've been talking about. You know, the blessings of this life, they're found in Christ. You know, the, the, the way of a, of, a, of, a, of a life that's filled with good things and blessings, it's in Christ. And it says here, and of some, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, verse 24, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. And you know, the, uh, the, the, the writer of, of Jude and the writer of the epistles and of the Gospels, they are communicating to us the things that we need to hear. Thank God for this book. It is a timeless book. It is a book that fits your needs every day. And God is helping us to keep our eye on the ball. It's not hard. You guys know. You don't need me to tell you. It is not hard to lose your way. Matter of fact, it is, in my experience, it's a day-by-day -day struggle just keeping God at the center, the forefront, and the focus of your life. 
And yet, this, the, the, as, as the writer, as Jude now tells us, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Don't you want to come into his presence for eternity with exceeding joy? <laughs> and folks, everybody that's going to be in heaven is going to be happy to be there. <laughs> glory to God for that. But listen, there is also a way in which we can be filled with exceeding joy. You know what the word exceeding means? It means going way beyond what our, our capacity is even to speak it. Unspeakable joy. Listen, folks, God is able to do that. It's, it's a good thing for us to go to the Lord saying, Lord, I want that. <laughs> Lord, I want to be brought into your presence with exceeding joy. I want to, to go into your presence thankful for how you brought me through every single day. The victory is all his, but folks, there is a place for us walking by faith and not by sight. You sure can walk by sight and not by faith. That's why there's reward in heaven. Because you, we can choose every day. We can choose walk by faith and not by sight. Or we can walk by sight and not by faith. How hard is it to walk by sight and not by faith? Well, don't even try. Just go with whatever makes you feel good. You'll be miserable at the end of the day. A child of God cannot walk in the world and be content. Not forever. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. But for a child of God, there's going to be correction. And folks, I think there's Christians, people who are born again, that are facing a whole lot of correction in their life because they won't learn their lessons. Again, I've told you before, I'm... I've got to be the slowest person I've ever known. I feel like I take forever to learn the simplest of lessons. All I can say is, thank God I've learned something. <laughs> I'm not where I was 20 years ago. But listen, folks, there's a better way of sitting at the Lord Jesus' feet every day, seeking for him to teach me, incline my heart unto you, like David said, Incline my heart unto you. Incline my heart unto your ways. Folks, we're really asking God to do it all, Lord. You're going to have to take me from point zero all the way to this point of being brought into his presence with exceeding joy. What is the, what is the key factor here? Willingness. I want you to use me, Lord. I want you to give me victory over these things that grasp me and pull me away. Every one of us has them. They're all around us everywhere you look. But it, we don't have to live a life of defeat. We can live a life where the Lord is taking us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. But we have to want it. You don't get brought down this path by... <laughs> accident <laughs> it's a choice if we want to give glory to god we need to seek god's face and god will enable us he'll work in our lives and the strength and the and the holy spirit and all that is god's to do in us but we still have to want it we still have to want god to be glorified in our lives both now and for eternity and so that brings us to number five 
the preciousness of the word of God. That's the blanks. The preciousness of the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 93. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. And so again, the blanks are the preciousness of the word of God. And uh, letter A there is the word of God is precious to those who are changed by it. (laughs) Uh, Turn with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Verse 28, John 8, verse 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And I I am very fond of that passage. (laughs) Uh, The Lord Jesus says, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall shall make you free. And I've got my note out to the side of that as freedom comes in many ways that the Lord Jesus is talking about there. Certainly salvation is is the major way in which we are made free. But freedom in many ways, the world's philosophies. You know, I, 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 I grieve for, for families that are partaking of a diet of the world's philosophies. And it keeps them from knowing the truth. Uh, freedom uh, from w- the world's philosophies and Satan's traps, they're... They're plentiful everywhere you go. I, well, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that life is a minefield. <laughs> it really is. And it blows up in Christians' faces. And, you know, listen, the only way to get safely through a minefield is someone who knows where all the mines are. <laughs> and listen, God knows. You ever have God spare you something and you didn't know what was going on until afterwards? God got you around something or through something? that could have been disastrous. It was because God knew exactly how to get you out of the way of the trouble. I can, I can say I, I've seen the Lord do that in my life. And in uh, and, and just so many ways, you know, you know, the philosophies and Satan's traps and, and eternal freedom. You know, these, these are the things that the, that the Lord's work in our life produces. And so uh, if you want to look with me in John 6, that, that's a, a couple chapters back, in John after, chapter 6, verse 66. From that time, though, so this is when the Lord Jesus, he's speaking to the multitudes, and they've been following him because of the miracles that he's been doing, and the, and the bread, that, uh, like the, the baskets of, uh, of uh, bread and fish that were collected afterwards when it was just five small fish. Or, you know, uh, so there's multitudes that have followed him, and so he's, he's basically giving them uh, something that is difficult for them to understand. So let me just start in verse 60. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard, had heard this, uh, said, this isn't hard. Let me just back up. <laughs> you know, it's so hard to pick up in the middle of a thought. Um, all right, verse 51. <laughs> I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the, for the life of the world. The Jews, therefore, strove among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. 
Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at, that, at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I, li- and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. The Lord Jesus speaks something to them. They hear only with the words of the flesh. <laughs> and we're going to find out exactly where the Lord Jesus is going with this. These things said he in, t- in the synagogue as, as he taught in, the, in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth, doth this offend, thee, offend you? What, and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore I said unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given him of my Father. In verse 66, they, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then, sa- then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for uh, he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. And so this passage, uh, he directly says to his disciples, Will you also go away? And then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of life, now, or words of eternal life. Now, very clearly, I think it's, it's pretty clear in this passage, the disciples themselves didn't know what this meant. Except ye eat my flesh, drink my blood. And so everybody's hearing according to what it sounds like in their minds. The Lord Jesus said, the words that I speak, it says in verse 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the Lord Jesus, was it literally true? Okay, that's a trick question. (laughs) Don't even bother trying. It was true. You have to receive Jesus to have life. If you do not receive Jesus, you do not have life. Same way as Adam and Eve, after they immediately disobeyed, they became fallen, sinful creatures. And the grave was their home, which would lead to eternity separated from God. The Bible says that that hell was made for the devil and his angels. And if you can't be in heaven with God, there's only one other place to spend all of eternity. So Christ came to save mankind from that fate. And the Lord Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And again, these things, it caused those who are following for food to go away. And those who were following the Lord Jesus because he had the spiritual truth that they knew they needed, they kept following Jesus, even though they didn't understand what he was saying. You know, folks, you and I are never going to understand everything that we read in the Bible. At least I don't think so. (laughs) But where else would we go? (laughs) Christ has the life that we need for eternity, 
and for today. There's no other place to go. You go to the world, you'll get the world's goods and all the baggage that comes with it. So our place is to trust in God and continually walk with Him and the preciousness of God's Word is what changes our lives. So I have this note in there that there was much that they and we didn't understand, but they understood this, that Jesus had the answers and they needed to follow Him unlike the multitude that were offended. And their faith was in Him. Their faith was in who Jesus is. Like Peter said, <laughs> where else will we go? You have the words of life. And he said, uh, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. So they believed in him. They kept on following him. And so the preciousness of the word of God. And let her be the privilege granted unto us to hear the Lord speak to us through his word is not something we should take lightly. And I think there are many, many, many born-again believers that are taking lightly the gift of God's communication to us in his word. The preciousness of having God's words in your hands. And I was thinking earlier today about, there's been more than one time, but there have been times in my life where I was in a fog. I didn't know what was happening in my life. It, it very much felt like a spiritual battle, and I couldn't tell up from down, left from right. And I was so desperate, and, and I, I, I just fall on the Lord and say, Lord, you've, you've got to help me. And there's one time in particular, I remember I was just, I, I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had a wherewithal to even know where I should go in the Bible. So I just picked it up and started reading. <laughs> I did the very thing that I didn't believe people should do. <laughs> Flip open to a book and point your finger down and start reading. <laughs> well, let me tell you, at that point where I was in time, I had, I don't know, I want to say five, six cat catastrophic things in my heart and my mind that were just destroying me. Do you know where I picked up and read at that moment addressed every single one of them? How is that possible? <laughs> that someone who, I don't know, this was like five or six years ago. Uh, no, more than that. It was like 20 years ago. <laughs> My mind's no good. <laughs> but anyway, can you pick up the Word of God? And can He communicate to you where you are at a particular moment in time with very specific circumstances? And can he answer those needs right then and there? Can he speak peace to your heart when you find it nowhere? He, say, he, he most certainly can. And he does. And he continually does it for all that trust in him. Every person who goes to God looking for an answer, they're going to get one. We, we are constantly thinking about people in this faraway continent and that, that faraway, cold, dank place that the name of Jesus is just not common or heard there. You know what we do? We put God in a tiny little box. I don't see how God could work there. And I know people, I, I know people that, that, that they won't believe Christianity. They won't believe the gospel because they can't see how God would work. Folks, we don't know how God works. <laughs> we know what He tells us in His Word. But listen, folks, there is so much to God that we just don't know and are not going to know 
God doesn't tell us to try to comprehend His incomprehensible, infinite nature. God does not have a difficult time reaching a soul in Africa. God does not have a difficult time reaching a soul in Siberia. God does not have a difficult time reaching anybody. What I think the difficulty lies in is our understanding, our faith. God never has difficulty doing anything. And, you know, folks, if there is a soul in this world, and he begins seeking God, he's going to find God. The Bible says in Acts that, you know, I don't have the verse in front of me, but he says, though he be not far from any one of us, he's not far if there's, a, if there's a heart that is saying, I, Lord, God, you know, all, maybe all they know about God is that he is a vague you know, answer somewhere. If they begin seeking the truth, they will find the truth without fail. And you know, folks, the, the, the problem with people in these places is they are quick to substitute the living God for an idol. They'll put their confidence in a piece of wood that they know is not God. I think sometimes because it's easier. They don't want to have to go out on a limb and stand against all these other, uh, their, their family or their, their, their authorities, whatever it is. But listen, every soul that seeks God will be found by God without exception. And that's why you see in Romans that there's no excuse. <laughs> Every person in the world responds to the amount of light that they have. And so our place is to obey by faith. And by the way, there's another part of, of failure to, to believe, and that's on our part. I think there's probably more missionaries that are being called than are obeying. I, folks, I think all of us, God's calling all of us to a work. And again, God's not going to have a hard time reaching the entire world. The problem is with us. We are his people. We are the work of his hands. We are the testimony. We need to declare it to the world. And God does not have any difficulty saving souls. It's our place to communicate to them. Uh, and, and the souls that seek, they are being found by God. And so... Um, well, I guess we're in a good place to stop. <laughs> I always feel like we just run off a cliff. <laughs> Whoa, there's nothing more here. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we have a minute or two. Does anybody have any questions or thoughts? Brother Chris? Right. Right. Amen. And that's that's a very good thought. And, you know, it, it is true. Some of us are on a slow simmer. I mean, I, I know of those testimonies where someone gets saved and immediately their lives are changed. You know, they've gone away from drug use. They've 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 enveloped them. I mean, they've dived into into everything, everything they can. The word of God, involvement in church and their soul winning. They're being changed and they're just they're just they're just they're just, they're just a, a marvel to behold. And I, I look back at my own life, and I know I've talked to Brother Ira about this, you know. And man, that's not my testimony. 
My testimony is that of someone I feel like God's had to bang me over the head with a, a pan to get my attention at times. Huh? <laughs> uh, here's, here's the bottom line. God is patient, and he's full of loving kindness, and he is, he is, he is willing to work with us. You know, our place is just to seek him. That's, that's all. You know, and I, was thinking, I was hearing earlier about how the Bible says we'll cast all of our crowns before his feet. I, look, I'm convinced it's because we know how much we didn't deserve those crowns. God is the one who did all the work in my life, in your life. So God gets the glory, always. God, only God is worthy of the glory. You know, anytime we look at a preacher or a teacher or, or anything and think, man, that, is, that guy is something else. No, <laughs> it's God. If there's any good thing, it's God. It's always God. The Lord Jesus Christ and his 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 unfathomable work to bring forth this un, un, unpassable gap together. He could bring man and God together to be reconciled. All these impossible things, God is, is doing this great work. Okay, anything else? Yes, sir. Amen. And, and also, you know, we're all given different gifts and different, uh, different, just different things that give glory to God in different ways. We are just not all the same, like you were saying. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and our place is just to have faith and believe and know that he's at work. Okay? Well, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for, Lord, the truth of who you are. And thank you, Lord, that we are, Lord, able to put all of our hope and all of our trust in you and know that you care for us, Lord, and that you're going to to lead us and guide us as long as we're willing to be guided by you. Please uh, bless every person here tonight, Lord, uh, the young people in the back. And uh, we just pray for your, your great work in our lives, Lord, for your glory and honor. Help us to yield our entire lives to you. And we thank you for your loving kindness. We ask your blessing and keep us safe and bring us home safe tonight. Bring us back at the next time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.